You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. everyone and thank you for joining me i am your host nick scheist and it's time once again for my buffalo blues week six edition so the bills went on the road to tennessee on monday night and They came away with a disappointing 34-31 loss. And I took an extra day to recover from that. Although I wasn't really as devastated as I expected. Um, I took the loss better than probably at least some people. But I took the extra day off to just process it, um, dig into the numbers a little bit. And that turned into an entire day of statistical archiving. And there's got to be a better way than the way I did it. But I went through each game looking for some stuff. And we'll get into that later. But uh, we can get into the game right away. So Before we get into how it ended, we'll go through kind of how it got there. And, you know, realistically, I thought the Bills didn't play poorly. Um, They did in moments, but for the most part, I thought uh, they obviously came out of the gates pretty well. Um, They didn't... uh, hold on defense as much as they needed to down the stretch but uh you know they forced punts on the titans first two drives and they picked them off on the third one and so the bills defense was looking good i mean it looked like the game that i thought it was going to be that most people probably thought it was going to be you know through the first quarter and the bills ended up kicking a field goal to make it three nothing They force a punt. They end up punting on kind of an ugly series. uh, And then they pick Tannehill off and end up settling for another field goal. Now, on that second field goal drive at the end of the drive, well, near the end of the drive, they, they ran like a reverse, I think. Yeah, something like that uh, to Dawson Knox. And he scored on it. But that touchdown was negated due to a holding play or a holding call that was enforced against Emmanuel Sanders. And that set the Bills back a little bit. And I don't know. It seemed like they just they regrouped a little bit there. But, you know, of all the times they come out throwing, it wasn't after that holding penalty inside the 20-yard line. So they settled for the field goal. 6 nothing, And that's when Derrick Henry decided to show up. 
And on that note, Jordan Poyer was definitely held on that touchdown run. Um, and the frustrating part is that they just wiped away the Bills' touchdown on a holding call, and then right in the middle of the field where the the back judge should be able to see that pretty clearly, it's not called. But there are several angles that show it. If you want to see it, you can see it. If you're a Titans fan, you don't care. And ultimately, they didn't take it off the board anyway, so despite how well the Bills had played through that first quarter, it was 7-6 Tennessee. Now, the Bills come out and respond as good teams do, and they went down the field and scored a touchdown of their own, and Diggs caught, I think, his second? Might have been his third, but I'm pretty sure it was his second touchdown of the year. And Bills are up 13-7, and, you know, things are looking mostly pretty good. Um, Tennessee had a little bit of momentum from that last drive, and... You know, I think they could sense the Bills starting to fear Henry a little bit. Um, But all in all, not so bad. Tennessee ends up kicking the field goal, 13-10. The next play after that, Bills get the ball, and Josh Allen throws a pick, tipped off of Zach Moss's hands, and Tennessee takes over at their... Uh, at the Bills' 11-yard line, I think. Looks like that. And, you know, for the most part, like, a tip ball of the hands isn't that bad. And I would have to go back and watch every game, but I'm not really a big fan of Zach Moss being on the receiving end of that throw. It seems like these halfback delay routes that they run to Moss, he just, him and Allen are not on the same page on those very often. And like I said, it may just be my perception because I saw a few of them in that game uh, where Moss kind of waits to block, and then if there's nothing to block, he'll swing out behind the D-line and just take that little three, four-yarder over the middle. But it just didn't seem to be connecting. And this time it turned into a pick. The Titans, you know, only ran a couple of plays from there, and they used a nice little designed uh, deception play to get Tannehill to run it in on a second and three. So the Titans are now up 17-13, despite what I think for the most part is being massively outplayed in the first half. So the Bills, like I said, as good teams do, they go out there and they answer with their own touchdown drive. And this was a 10-play, 75-yard drive. And one of those where Allen is forced to his right, scrambling, and that's always dangerous. And he found Cole Beasley wide open on a frozen rope to the end zone. And so the Bills have the lead. It's 2017. You know, they're getting the ball back to start the second half. And it just feels like they're really outplaying Tennessee. But it's still 20-17. to 17, And it's a way closer game than it should be. So have to be worried at least a little bit like if if you were the titans coach and they were going to tell you hey you're going to be down 2017 at the half like i don't really think tennessee would be too upset with that if you're mike vrabel uh you know he's a little bit of a weirdo but i think you're down three in a game where you were projected to lose by six you're right where most people think you're going to be and you know that you haven't played that well and you still have scored 17 so that's got to give them at least some confidence and some understanding that if they just play a little bit better, they'll do better. 
So anyway, the Bills get the ball to start the second half, and they go down the field, kick another field goal, 23-17. And pretty good drive. Took like four minutes off the clock, um, and they converted. So they're up six, like nothing wrong with that. Um, But the defense is starting to falter a little bit down the stretch, and this next play from the Titans is a 12-play, 67-yarder. And they really mix it up really nicely on this drive, to be honest. Like, great distribution of run pass. Um, and they just kind of, like, went down the field on him. And Derrick Henry gets his second touchdown of the day from three yards out. And it's 24-23. So, like, as well as the Bills have played, they're losing and I don't know if the defense maybe started pressing or if, you know, they started to just, like, feel concerned. Like, those big touchdown runs that Henry has are kind of like these momentum vacuums. And we saw it in the Seattle game where Seattle was up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Henry cracks a 60-something yarder. And all of a sudden, the Titans come back and win that game. So there's something to be said for that. And... I don't get to watch the Titans regularly enough, but he always cracks off these big runs. And maybe they're holding on all of them. I don't know. I would have to go back and watch his career and see that because typically I only see the tail end of him sprinting into the end zone. So anyway, Bills are down a point, but the Bills do what good teams do. And they go down the field and they score a touchdown again. And this was... An interesting setup for this play because Tommy Sweeney, who I really haven't heard his name called all year, becomes the hero on this. Another play where Allen kind of moves to his right, finds a throw in the back of the end zone, and this throw to Sweeney was a dart because there wasn't a lot of room to fit it in there, but fits it in there. Touchdown Bills. And then they run this weird double reverse pass that ends up going from Dawson Knox to Josh Allen for the two-point conversion to make it 31-27. And now, unfortunately, Dawson Knox broke a bone in his hand. I want to say probably the play before that because it looked like Allen was signaling to the sideline to try and get Knox out of there and to get that play canceled. But they ran it, and he managed to fling that ball over there just enough to get it in there for the two-point conversion. So it's 31 24 at that point bills are back up a full touchdown and we're heading to the fourth quarter at that point there's 30 seconds left so the bills kick off titans get the ball and you know after one play the fourth quarter starts so it's fourth quarter bills up a touchdown and the titans put together a nice drive after that and they get into field goal range and kick the field goal so 31 27 bill's still hanging on and they get the ball back now They have the lead in the fourth quarter, and this is that position in the game where I've had issues with the Bills' play calling since last season, and I've talked about it many times. If you've read the My Buffalo Blues print version uh, from last year, you'll know that I was very critical about this, and I don't mean to, like, take shots at Brian Dable. I know he's going through a lot right now, and I just want him to be able to be with his family and do what he needs to do um and they got the bye week to look into this stuff but they're up four with less than 10 minutes left and they come out and they throw the ball 
six times and punt. And they take two minutes off the clock. And I hate that. I absolutely hate it. Um, because you leave the door open enough, something's going to get in. And good teams will take advantage of that. And again, it almost happened in the Colts game in the playoffs last year. It did happen in the Steelers game where the Bills had a fourth quarter lead in that game and they just come out and throw the ball and don't take enough time off the clock and they just open the door for the Steelers. And here against the Titans, did it again. So the Titans get the ball back down three. And there's eight minutes left in the game. So they got plenty of time to go down there and to potentially uh, kick a field goal. I'm sorry, they're down four. Titans are down four getting the ball back. So they have to score a touchdown. So it's like the Bills have that cushion at least. But this is an eight-play, 70-yard drive. And, I mean, it was super easy. Like, the Bills had gotten so concerned with Henry. And I think with the amount of time that was left on the clock, they really wanted to take that away. So they stuff Henry on the first one. And then Tannehill hits Westbrook Akine for 14. Then he hits... Brown for 22. Then Henry gets stuffed again. Then Westbrook Akine for five. Akine again for another eight. And it's all this box stacking that the Bills are doing to stop Henry from beating them that ends up giving up these big uh, passing play chunks that gets the Titans down into Bills territory. And, you know, lo and behold, from the Bills 13, Derrick Henry does what he's already done a few times in that game and he scores the touchdown so it's his third touchdown of the game and so now it's 34 31 and the bills have three minutes left they have all their timeouts and the game is still winnable so despite everything that's happened uh you know despite some really crazy calls in this game you just you try and put that all behind you and move forward and they had the opportunity to win the game and they almost did on the kickoff return Isaiah McKenzie cracked it 101 yards for the touchdown or so we thought (sighs) Andre Smith got called for holding again I mean it wasn't his second holding penalty but it was his second penalty on the return team and this one took another touchdown off the board and so it just made that non-call on the Henry touchdown like that more infuriating because now there's two touchdowns that were taken off the board on holding calls on the Bills and the biggest play in the game just it went uncalled so that was super frustrating but nonetheless the Bills still get the ball all their timeouts three minutes still left in the game and they have the opportunity to win and so they start moving on it. And uh, Allen hits Sanders for 31 yards, big chunk to get him to midfield. And then he hits Moss for another 12. And so they're moving. Everything's looking good. Two-minute warning comes. You know, they're already past midfield at that point, And they got two minutes and all their timeouts. Um, so next play, Allen to Beasley for seven. Allen to the underutilized Gabriel Davis for 20. And they're at the 12-yard line, but they're not really utilizing their timeouts. They're taking a lot of time 
uh, in between plays because they obviously feel that their defense is not going to be able to stop Tennessee on the way back if they give them too much time. So they're really trying to get this down to as short of a window as possible. So on first and 10 from the 12, with about 50 seconds left, they run it with Moss, and then they call timeout. So second and six, the Tennessee eight. They're inside of 50 seconds. Allen goes incomplete to Sanders. I think in the end zone, he threw a little bit short. Um, third and six, still 38 seconds left, so plenty of time, dead clock. This is the crazy Josh Allen almost hurdle play. He, they're passing, and he steps up in the pocket and avoids the rush coming to his right. And he's right about at the line of scrimmage. And if he just takes a sidestep rather than going forward, if he just looks to throw for like maybe a half second longer, Cole Beasley's coming open in the corner of the end zone. But he's getting pressured from the right. Uh, he just narrowly avoids getting sacked or tackled at that point. And he breaks out to his left, but he's moving forward. So he's past the line of scrimmage. He's already got his eyes down. So he's not even looking for Beasley in the back of the end zone. And he's already, you know, decided what he's going to do. And so he's heading for the first down. And he gets most of it. And he hurdles. Well, he doesn't hurdle, but he dives. And he gets hit and kind of turned around. And they gave him the first down, but came down from the booth that he didn't get the first down. And I don't know what determined that they weren't going to look at this extensively or what, but it just got overruled real quickly. So McDermott's forced to call a timeout, but uh, 16 seconds came off the clock, I think, between the time that that play started and the time the timeout was called. So there's a lot of time wasted waiting to see what happened because I think they wanted to know if they got the first down or not because they're probably going to call a timeout there anyway. But the confusion just messed things up, and McDermott runs over to the, the line judge at that point and calls timeout. There's only 22 seconds left, but it's fourth and one now instead of first and goal. So fourth and one at the Tennessee three. Game's on the line. This is the play. And they line up kind of like in a bunch spread formation. So Allen is in shotgun. He's got a running back to his right. He's got Moss right there with him. And he's got like a, he's got a little two two pair on each side um so basically four wide bunch but it's a very closed formation it's not spread out but the Tennessee defense is lined up with basically only four down linemen so Allen sees that and then he's like all right well you know I get this sneak all the time why not now so he audibles into the sneak look and I think he's maybe a little bit excited because he gets up there and when he snaps the ball, he loses his footing and he slips. And at the same time, Deion Dawkins is getting absolutely run over. And Allen gets hit in the backfield before he can gain anything. And that's it. Game over. Um, I am not upset with the decision to go for it there. Not at all. Uh, I think the stat that I looked at was that Allen was like... 13 of 14 in those situations. Um, so he's going to get that more often than not. They actually got the look that they wanted. So that's another reason to go for it. You know, percentages. Yes. Defensive alignment. Yes. And then, you know, I think it just, what confused me though, a little bit was that like the line is blocking to the right here 
he's kind of going left. So I don't know if he slipped or if he thought they were going to the left or if he was expecting them all to block right and he was going to kind of swing around the end there and maybe score a touchdown. But it just seems like if he could do it over again, that's a play where he's big and he's strong and he's tall, snap the ball, do a little Drew Brees action, stick the ball over the line to gain, pull it back down and just fall down and get your timeout in and then you know you have a couple shots and a timeout uh to score that touchdown and win the game maybe they even would have kicked the field goal like had things uh been different after they get that fourth and one there but wasn't to be and that was it tennessee wins 34 31 so you know after the game there's a lot of commiserating going on on social media, there's a lot of people saying the Bills' defense sucks and they're frauds. And I, for one, thought the Bills' defense played really well in the first half, aside from two plays. Um, so I really didn't think that that was the case. If you eliminate that one big Henry run, they actually did fairly good against Derrick Henry. Um, still gave up the two touchdowns, still gave up about 70 yards and about four carry, but... You know, not bad, respectable against a guy like Derrick Henry. So I wanted to go back to the the punt when they were winning the game. Uh, when they're up 31-27 and they punted. I've been critical of the the heavy pass approach and I get into it you know with people online every now and then and it's never like crazy one way or the other but there's a lot of people that are perfectly happy with the Bills throwing the ball 50 times a game and that's just not me and you might be able to hear my dog saying hello in the background but what I wanted to point out was that in the two games where the Bills have attempted at least 50 passes they lost them both. So to me, that tells me that throwing the ball 50 times a game is not the way. Um, and they're running about a two to one, 67% pass, 33% run approach in those games. And in both of those games, they've given up the most amount of sacks because the more you drop back to throw, the more you're going to get sacked. And they happen to be against, you know, it Depending on how Kansas City actually ends up finishing the season, Pittsburgh and Tennessee could be the two best teams that they face this year. So I'm not the person that's going to say the Bills need to run the ball more than they throw it. I don't think they're built that way. I don't even want to see them play that way. I just want them to have a balanced run game that they can rely on. And in the four games where they were on that win streak, they utilized the run very well. They ran it over 40% of the time, and it gave their offense a ton of balance, and they were kicking everybody's ass. So, I mean, it seems pretty simple to me, but when I talk to people on Twitter, there seems to be this idea that the Bills shouldn't run the ball because they can't run the ball, that they go three and out every time they run the ball. So someone that I was talking to, who I'm not going to say their name, they they decided to tell me that that was the case, that the Bills shouldn't run the ball to start drives because they go three and out every time, and that I need to go and watch more games 
and stop looking at the numbers. So if you know me at all, you know I watch the games. I watch it very closely. And then I do a ton of homework afterwards so that I can write my articles about it and so that I can do this show about it and have an informed opinion. And he's incorrect. It's just not true. Uh, I'll give this person the benefit of the doubt that the Bills actually have one more three and out when they start it when they start the drive with a run play than they do with a pass. But it's five to four. So it's not a statistical anomaly at all. And when you look at the total play distribution on the drives where they've gone three and out, it's 50-50 on total plays. So the play distribution being 50-50, it doesn't indicate that when they throw more, they go three and out more, or when they pass more, they go three and out more. But when you look at all of their punts combined, all their drives that ended in punts, they have a very heavy pass bias. And unfortunately, they have the same thing with turnovers. 69% of their turnover plays, let me rephrase that. Of their 11 drives that ended in turnovers, 69% of the total plays called on those drives are passing plays. Now, another one of those numbers that's alarming is the interceptions. Drives ending in interceptions. 86% of the total plays on those drives are passing plays. Obviously, interceptions only happen on passes, so there's going to be a little bit of favoritism there, but you're talking about 86% of the total plays on these drives that ended in interceptions are passes. Now, when it comes down to fumbles, it's 50-50 because, again, you know, fumbles just happen to the quarterback, to the running back, to the receiver, whoever. No real statistical data to pull from that. When the Bills turn the ball over on downs, 68% of their play call is passes and I'll do you one more on field goal drives every single one of the Bills drives that has ended in a field goal they've passed on the first play 100% of those drives start with a pass and 73% of the total play calls on their field goal drives are passes so when you look at punts field goals turnovers and turnovers on downs, huge passing bias on those. Now let's take a look at their touchdown drive numbers just for shits and giggles to see if I'm crazy. They have 22 total touchdowns. And the first play on those touchdown drives is 59% run plays. And when you look at the total breakdown of all total play calls on their touchdown drives, it's 56% pass, 44% run. So there's a much better balance. When the Bills are over 40% rushing on their play calls, they have way better success at everything. They are unbeaten when they have better than 40% of their plays runs. And they're 0-2 when they don't break the 35% mark. I mean... You know, there's a limited sample size, but there's enough information there to see a pattern. And like I said earlier, I'm not going to say that the Bills should run the ball more than they throw it. They're a throwing team. This is what they were designed to do, but they need to have balance. And the less they have balance, the less success they will have. And 
it's just going to be the case. It's just the way that football is. Like, you can't go out there and do the same thing over and over and over again and expect the defense not to catch on. And in the case where, oddly enough, where they played, like, the worst defenses of all the teams that they've played, they had the best balance. And maybe that's because they see more early success in the run and they want to stick with it a little bit more. I mean, there's a lot at play there. But you cannot argue with the actual results of the drives. So, food for thought. Um, you know, I wasn't even going to deep dive into the data that much, and it took a long time to compile it all. There's got to be a better way than the way I did it, I swear to God. But it is what it is. The Bills are going to go into their bye week, and they're going to remember this game, and they're going to know that it's a game that got away from them. They're going to regroup. They're going to play much better defense against the Dolphins. They're going to play angry. And they're going to be at home, too. So they're going to get two weeks off to to figure this all out, take a little break, you know. Dable's got his family issues to worry about, so I want him to have the time to go ahead and deal with that and, you know, get the support from the team, get the support from the rest of his family, whatever he needs to get his head where it needs to be or not. I mean, there's things that are bigger than football, and I want him to be there. I want him calling the plays. I just would appreciate a little bit more running the ball, especially late in games when you're trying to close out a win. That's all. So into the bye week, on to the next one. Bill's Mafia, even when we disagree, I still love you guys, everybody that went to Tennessee and made that trip to support the team love you guys hope everyone got home safe enjoy the bye week maybe use a Sunday to do something other than watch football I don't know maybe just watch all the other games whatever you want to do but we're not going to have the show obviously next week Uh, there's going to be no my buffalo blues until they're back in week eight so I'm going to get a week off at least But, um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to listen if you're doing so, and can't wait for week eight, see the Bills back on the field against the Dolphins. We may see Deshaun Watson on the Dolphins. I don't know. That's what I'm hearing. It looks like they're trying to work a three-team trade to make that happen, but it's kind of weird. Tua might go to... Cleveland and Watson's gonna come to Miami and I don't know what the Texans get out of it but they get rid of Deshaun Watson so I mean that frees up some contract for them but anyway take care everybody thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode if you enjoyed it please help me out by liking subscribing sharing wherever you get your podcasts this show is an extension of thescheiss.com If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at info at And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!